Hello everybody, my name is Rose and this is The Book Garden. First off, a word about your host. My name is Rose, I'm 21 and an avid bookworm. I finish at least one book each week and I thought to myself, hey, why not share my experiences? Not only of my books and authors, but things related to them as well. With all the new technologies and genres out there, it would be crazy not to talk about it. My podcast would mainly be literary content, and sometimes not the most popular kind. Who knows? Maybe I could teach someone something. But enough about me, though. Let's get to the main subjects of today. The book of the week is called The Animals of Farthing Woods, a children's book series with many a death to its name. And paperback versus e-ink, which one's best? The Animals of Farthing Woods series started with a book of the same name published in 1979 and written by Colin Dan. It has since spanned about seven main books, a prequel, and even an animated series run by the BBC. The premise is simple. A group of animals with nothing in common except the place they live in must leave and find a new home because of human activity and drought. Unto why this is a great book, worth reading even as an adult. The book begins with a threat to the animal's survival. The drought that forces them to band together is only worsened by the human invasion that slowly destroys their home. They form the Oath of Mutual Protection, which prevents the predators from eating the smaller creatures, or any of them from abandoning anyone to their fate. The Oath is useless to some of them, however, as, while the story progresses, many of them suffer gruesome ends. The lizards burn in a wildfire, the pheasants are shot and killed, the children of the voles and mice are decimated by a red-backed shrike and impaled onto a thorn bush, and, last but not least, hogs get squashed by a passing car. The book could easily make children cry, but the prequel is more messed up. It follows the reasons why Farthing Woods is being destroyed in the first place. In one instance, after the otters are sent away from the woods for taking everybody's food and having their kids poisoned by a fox, one of the survivors, Slow Otter, as he is known, is hit by a passing train, and the remaining party finds out of his demise when a crow passes over them carrying a severed, rotting head. In my opinion, the book truly deserves an audience of all ages. It's a story of survival and drama, while also keeping track of unlikely bonds and friendships. It doesn't spare the reader the harsh reality of nature, while staying reasonable in its example. I recommend it. Now, I recently found myself in the middle of a debate. Which is better, electronic ink or paper? I like both, but I can understand why someone would choose one over the other. I myself own a Kobo Aura and do not go anywhere without it, but I love the feel of a good paperback, so I can't tell you which is better for you since I'm obviously biased. But what I can do is help you decide which one you think is best by providing arguments for what I consider to be a bit of the underdog here, the e-reader. Paper books are great. They can easily be reached at your local library or almost any store. They provide tactile comfort to their feel and heft, and are the first types of books each of us have ever held. And the smell of a book is amazingly comforting and nice. It has this kind of effect on a lot of people, me included. All the more, a book doesn't need power, 
for the internet when it applies. But your local library and bookshop may not have what you need for that sweet, sweet sequel to what you're reading right now. So reading on an electronic device could be a way to get what you want. Books can be bulky, and to be honest, one broke my purse zipper once. To be fair, it was around 500 pages, but still. An e-reader is sleek, light, and often pocket-sized. They're hard to break. Trust me, I've dropped mine on asphalt, cement, a lot of things. And it, it hasn't broken yet. And they're often backlit, which is a plus to any traveler. What's e-ink anyway? E-ink does not produce its own light, and is matte, so light doesn't bounce off of it. Only takes power when it changes, which means only turning the page would drain battery from your e-reader. Unless, again, it has a backlight, which can kill your device in about half the time it's supposed to last. Typically, a good e-ink device can last up to one month without charge. Also, e-ink devices don't have a glass panel, like most tablets, which again would not reflect light, and, well, it's better. Online bookstores come in a multitude of platforms. Even Apple has one. They're more than likely to have that book you've been looking forward to but couldn't find on the shelves. Plus, places like Internet Archive or Project Gutenberg can have books now into public domain for free, or free to borrow for two weeks. In short, I really love reading on a new reader. It's convenient, easy to carry, and I can read any book anywhere. I take reading Rasputin's biography on it any day over dragging 1114 pages worth of paper in my purse. Who knows, maybe you'll consider an e-ink device in the future. This has been Rose from the Book Garden. If you want more, why not listen to my future content? Or add me as a favorite so you never miss a thing. I hope you had a good time. And if you've got any suggestions, why not leave me a comment on Anchor? I'd love to hear from you guys. Until next time, see ya!